say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome back. Glad to have you with us here on a Thursday. This portion of the program is brought to you by Alan Honda. We are joined in studio by three people who are instrumental in putting together Good Fly, and I'm going to have them tell you all about Good Fly. Rusty Dunn is here. Stephen Weaver is here. Alan King is here. Uh, Alan, let me start with you, if you would, uh, and tell me about how all of this got going. Sure. So, a number of years ago, Step up. Um, I was go. involved with uh, Real Recovery, which you yep. and I have done together yep. before. Uh, um, Real Recovery is is fly fishing for with with, with cancer patients, right? Basically, right. I mean that's a small. It's more than that, but that's a small way to put it. Absolutely. And I uh, was talking to Rusty and said, hey, I'd like to become a certified casting instructor. And he said, it just so happens that hmm. I've got another guy that's at about your, your point in your cast. Uh, he said he's much better than you are, but uh, you'll, you'll come around. So um, we started working together to become certified casting instructors. Steve and I went over in March of 2020 and uh, took the test in Lake Charles. And on the way back, we were thinking, what are we going to do with this now? Yeah. And we had, uh, we're at the time of our lives where we're uh, ready to give back. Yeah. And we've been involved with Real Recovery. Yeah. We knew there were a lot more people in our community who had stress and anxiety. And we thought this is a great opportunity for us to use this sport and this task to help people reduce that. Uh, you know, it, it's it's interesting, and, and and people are going. Well, I've heard about fly fishing. For the, I mean, uh, real recovery and Project Healing Waters obviously is is a huge thing, and I think they were one of the first to do it. I have also talked to women who have a similar thing, who are breast cancer survivors, and I forget now what that's called. Casting for Cast, casting, casting for a cure. Thank you, casting for a cure. The thing is, and I think people, until they do it, don't understand it, is when you're fly fishing, everything else that you're thinking about has to go out the window, does it not, Rusty, when you're, when you're first of all, concentrating on knowing how to cast, and especially when you're in the water. And in a beautiful place. Yes. Uh, outside and uh, without the worries of the world around you, and yeah. you're focused on that. Yeah, it's hard to focus on anything else. It, it truly is, which is... I think why some of us started anyway, isn't it, Stephen? For yeah, you? No, it, 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 uh, it absolutely, uh, that, that focus, that kind of rhythmic yes. motion, the back and forth, yeah. really requires uh, you to think about nothing else. And so um, that's kind of the premise behind Goodfly is that we put on these casting workshops to reduce stress and anxiety. So uh, that's what we feel. You know, we, yep. we, our mission statement, Chip, is casting flies to renew the mind and refresh the spirit. And we chose that as our mission statement because that's what we three fly fishers and what you, I suspect, feel when you fly fish is that it's good for you. Yeah. Um, it, it is therapeutic. And so yeah. our purpose, the, the, the thought behind Good Fly is we do these free fly fishing workshops to mm-hmm. reduce stress and anxiety. 
Um, we do them for uh, first responders. We do them for law enforcement, fire, uh, military veterans, healthcare workers. Yes. Uh, we did a grief group about 10 days ago. Wow. You started um, all this during COVID, did you not? We I mean, did. was that yeah, we, kind of the impetus for it? 2020 was when we got our 501c3 nonprofit yep. status, and we've been operational about a year. Okay. Um, Alan, what, how did how did this local group come about? I mean, how did you pick these group of people to 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 focus on? How did that right, happen? Right, right. So because the three of us are local to the Brazos yes. Valley, um, Rusty actually came up with the idea that right now, because of COVID that we were just beginning yes. into, that the medical workers, doctors, nurses, technicians, janitors, anybody yep. that's in that hospital. Yep. High stress. Under a pressure cooker. Yeah, high stress. And that that was going to be our first group. And mm-hmm. we got with St. Joe's, and they graciously put a group together for us. And we had four, three workshops with them last year uh, during the, the school cool. season. Now, one of the things we, we do is it's our job during that day to fill people's minds with the cast and yes. creating that cast. So everything else can kind of be put on the shelf for the day. And we've had a number of uh, kind of spectators come in and see that, and they said people come in worn down and heavy, and they leave joking with each other mm. and having having a much lighter mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Just out, outward appearance. Yeah, Rusty. I mean, you you've seen this obviously through through real recovery to to get guys' minds off of what they're going through, right? I mean, yeah, you, certainly have. Yeah. Uh, I went through it as a camper and then as a as a fishing buddy as well. So I, I think I understand most of what's going on there. And the same thing happened with Project Healing Waters. These are guys and girls with PTSD that have that have come back from, uh, into the United States with all kinds of issues. And what is it? And I've, I've alluded to it a little bit, Rusty. But what is it? about fly fishing that kind of empties the mind of all of this stuff that we're talking about? The main thing is that you have to uh, use a certain technique, and it's um, something that you have to feel and become comfortable with. Um, It's like being... um, in a situation where you're either a, a poet, where it uh, just comes naturally, or you're an engineer where you have to work at it. Mm-hmm. But either way, um, there's a method uh, that uh, is rhythmic, it's mesmerizing, it is beautiful to see and watch uh, somebody cast. And it takes them out of their um, current environment and puts them in a good place. Stephen, uh, uh, I don't know about you, but I'm pretty sure that women are much better at listening and doing what you want them to do than men are. Are they not? Yeah, that is, that's, uh, that's certainly what we've seen in our, our shops. No question. Women, women listen. For, they listen. And, right. And then they do. What and they're not trying to overpower. That's you know, guys are trying. <laughs> and I, I still do it after 40 years. You know, if I'm trying to make a longer cast, I'm just rearing back and throwing as hard as I can. I'm going, I, I know better than that, well, I but I, a little I still, it's counterintuitive, is it not? So the, 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 uh, the men that are 
a grown up doing a spin casting. Yes. It's, it's about flinging something. Exactly. It's, it's it's a little more challenging to rewire their minds than it is the women that will listen to you. And I I I've also seen that some people get intimidated by fly fishing. Right? People will tell you, oh, that's that's way too complicated. I could never do that. I, I'm sure you've seen that with with the groups that you brought in. We, we, we do, but what we, you know, everything's complicated until you know how to do it. Yes. And then, and then it's not anymore. And so we, we think we've got a pretty good process for bringing people in that typically I think 90% of our participants have no experience. Yes. So we've got a pretty good process over the course of a day to get them to a place where they're feeling comfortable and perhaps want to continue fly fishing. Chip, it's really interesting, too, that because we um, have select groups that we bring in, uh -huh. we found out really early that it was important to offer them the opportunity to bring a plus one. Yes. So a spouse or somebody with their them. support group. Yes. As a day of thanks, but yeah. also a day of just spending together mm -hmm. outside of the pressure cooker of all the, the mm -hmm. daily activity. And fully, actually probably more than 50% of our participants have been women. Some of them as participants, some of them mm -hmm. plus one. Mm -hmm. But they are always, like you said, more willing to listen, more willing to follow some direction, and then actually they've been catching the fish. The men are okay, too. Yeah, but that, that may cause other problems. Well, that, okay, you you so may be creating more problems than you're solving. So as we, as we create our groups in the morning, we yeah. do separate spouses. Okay, there you go. That's a great idea. That's a good idea. Lesson learned. Lesson learned. Um, the, the other thing is I think they probably have a lighter touch. Uh, when, when you mentioned about catching fish, those of us who grew up trying to set a hook on a bass with a worm or whatever, you know, I, it, it took, it's, I say it took forever. I still do it, you know, because right. you get excited. And, and if you move from freshwater to saltwater, yes. it's a different it strip is, set. It is. It's a different, or a, different or a set, set so. and, and, it, and it is counterintuitive. Absolutely. You know, when, when, you're fishing, when you're fishing nymphs underwater, you almost have to anticipate the strike. When you're fishing dries on top, you have to wait, wait, wait. I can't tell you how many times I pulled a fly out of the mouth of a big trout because I could not wait long enough, mm -hmm. right? Right. Everybody's nodding their head. So you've done that too, right? Yeah. It's right. not just me. We have to. It's not just you. Yeah. Uh, so, so you guys do a, a, a day of instruction, or, or a, right? Right. So, so, you want me to do that? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So our day starts with a really good cup of coffee. Number one, <laughs> okay. coffee from downtown Bryan gives us a, a really good nice. uh, cup of coffee in the morning. We have some breakfast foods. We then have a little bit of classroom time, mm -hmm. so we talk about fly fishing, mm -hmm. history of fly fishing. We go out and we learn to pick up lay down cast, which is the most foundational cast. Mm -hmm. We come back in, we have uh, a little bit of time about equipment, we just, you know, what are you using today, What, what is, how is it supposed to be used? You provide that, by we the way. We do have uh, yeah. all the equipment, we provide everything, you yes. just need to show up. Yes. Um, we do... It's free. It is of free. charge, uh, we we probably we need, need to, to mention that, that. Yes, yeah, it, it's free for people that that want to participate because others have donated absolutely right and yeah, and sponsored this organization as a nonprofit. Five hundred one c three yes nonprofit. We are out all the time beating the bush for people who will partner with us for sure. Yeah, so we do the overhead cast, which mm -hmm. is like the Brad Pitt beautiful cast. Right? Yeah, yeah. We come back in. We talk about flies. Yep. 
We go back out. We do a roll cast. Yep. We come back in. We feed them a really nice lunch. We do some knots at lunch that they'll be used in the afternoon when we fish with them mm-hmm. for the rest of the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And just spend the day practicing this skill that they were taught in the morning. We do all that practice on grass before we transition to the water because yep. people lose their mind when they get to the water. Yep. Yes. Absolutely, <laughs> they do. It's like... Uh, it's like being on the front of a boat when you're bone fishing. I've, for, I've, for, I've forgotten everything I right, ever right. knew. You forget, uh, there's one right there, and, and then the line goes over your head, and it goes around your feet, and you've never thrown a fly before, and you look like a fool. And I'm going, I, I have done this before, but it doesn't matter. Can we say a quick, Alan mentioned one of our sponsors. Yes, no, absolutely. So, uh, you bet. Light Coffee is a sponsor. They you bet. With, with our coffee. Um, Brookshire Brothers, Store 12, off of uh, Bush, yes. um, gives us our, our meals at a great, that's awesome. great rate, and that's one awesome. of our bigger expenses. Uh, Millican Reserve yes. is where we hold our, uh, okay. our fly shops. Yeah. Beautiful location. Oh, it's beautiful. Huge, huge yeah. Yeah. Uh, and gracious gift, and so we're thankful for that. So you're out there catching uh, perch and bass, right? Correct? Yeah, and crappie. I caught a crappie out there. Oh, nice. Last time we were out there. Okay. Uh, crappie on a fly. Yes. Got to love that. Ever. Yeah. No, no, first time. For me, See, right. the first, first time for everything. So this is a day-long activity, basically. It is. is 8.30 that... to 4. Okay. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a day, but it's not a day that you're going to wear people out, for yeah. sure. And, you know, we are also, you know, if people get tired, yeah. then there's the beautiful boathouse to go in and yeah. sit, and we're introducing kind of fly tying at that point. Yes. Everyone wants to just go tie flies or watch somebody tie flies yep. or learn how to do that. That's also part of our... What's uh, what's the response been? Okay, um, at the end of each uh, session, we have an exit survey mm-hmm. and uh, have a number of things that um, they put down. Um, uh, three of them that I'll read. One was my favorite part of the uh, was the authenticity, love, and care that I felt throughout. Another one was a fantastic experience. I never thought I'd be able to learn fundamentals so quickly. Mm. And the last one, I used to be really sad, but you guys reminded me that God is good. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's that makes it worthwhile, doesn't it, when yes, you get comments does. like that? How many people will you take at an outing at a time uh, that you can handle that you found? So our, our ideal yes. ratio is four to one. So one okay. instructor, four participants. Okay. Um, and how many how many instructors do you have right now? We have three in, three in the group that are okay. co-founders, but we have a cadre of people that we can pick up out of Houston and locally that we've okay. trained to do this. Okay. And so, twenty four is really our kind of limit yes. at this point. Yes. Uh, we could do many more than that, I guess, if we had the if staff had the people. to do it. Um, but so some okay. Listen, let me stop you there. If somebody wanted to volunteer and they're listening to this and go, hey, I, I've been fly fishing a long time. I feel like that I can at least uh, you know help out. Absolutely. What would they do? Come to the website www.goodfly.org. It's goodfly.org. Yes. That's one word. Goodfly.org. And there's an opportunity on there in our volunteer section on support. Yes. Where you can. Put your name, what your yep. background is. Yep. We'll contact you, and we would okay. love to have you as a as a volunteer. Now, uh, mostly this has this has been an area thing for you, and you guys would I think like to expand this, would you not, Stephen? We we do have plans to expand. In fact, in June uh, we will be going to Fort Worth to do the Fort Worth Police. Department. Oh, very cool. 
So uh, that's the first first out of the area you will have done. It is. We've got two more workshops here. In okay. May, okay. Uh, Are those full? Uh, they're not full yet, so Brian and College Station Firefighters. Firefighters, if you're listening, of which they are. Um, and uh, we've got a 7th May, 7 May and a 28 May. And they can sign up for one of those up. dates. Okay, so folks out there in the community, uh, Brian and College Station Firefighters, you can sign up May 7th, May 28th. Yeah, free. Let me. Did we say that again? I think we said that once, but it but, is free. But, but it's free. <laughs> yeah, it's free for the participants because other people have made that possible. Uh, there are spots on the website, which I've seen, that people can go to and donate, all right, if you want to help out uh, first responders and uh, medical people and all the personnel that we've talked uh, talked about, um, and you need a way and been thinking about a way to how can we do this, well, this is one terrific way to be able to do this, right? I mean, give them a day away from uh, everything that they're dealing with and clear their mind. Yeah, Chip, there's one other opportunity on there that we ought to talk about is we're looking for a corporation, someone who has a business, who has employees, who would like to give their employees a day like this. Great idea. Uh, we potentially would add a team building and leadership component mm -hmm. to this, mm -hmm. but do that as a donation. Yes. Like, like uh so they would then, at the end of the day, you know, say, hey, here's the donation for yes. this day. This is what it was worth to us. Yes. And we would love to find somebody locally that would do that with us, and we can open a date for them. I mean, I can't imagine uh, people from a company wouldn't, wouldn't take you up on that. I mean, that would be a terrific way to say thank you to your employees uh, with, with very little effort on your part, quite frankly. Absolutely. And let everybody else take care of that. And... Um, it would be a great team building experience because when you get out there and you're doing stuff like that and you start uh, wrapping the line around your, your fellow uh, uh, employee's neck uh, because the wind is blowing it that way, then, then, then it'll bring you together, literally and figuratively, closer and closer. Yeah, yeah, and, and the way the wind's been blowing around here, it has not been ideal fly fishing weather lately. No, uh, that's we we won't we don't even have to talk about that stuff. So we they can they can figure out how to teach you all of all all of that, including casting into the wind and uh, with the wind. And I know when I uh, the few times I've been bone fishing in the Bahamas, I I go to the park and I put a pie plate in the in the in the park. And I go around at 360 degrees because that way you, you can go into the wind, quarter to the wind, and you can bet no matter what happens, you're going to be throwing into the wind no matter how hard that guide is trying. Right. Uh, and and the, the fish are moving and you're moving and the boat's moving. And, uh, mm -hmm. like fish are only in the wind. Yeah, yeah, always. <laughs> they're, they're, all, they're never downwind. Right. So uh, th this is a, it's a terrific organization. Again, if you will go to Good fly.org uh, whether you want to help out whether as an employer you want to give your uh, people a day like this uh, first responders medical personnel uh, it, it is um, I mean it's a it's a terrific day away from everything and you're not really far from town but right. but you get away from everything it feels like you're away from it town. does I mean because you again you get to you get to uh, there there's no other way to learn how to do this but 
but to empty your mind. My mind's pretty empty anyway, so it, that that's well, we fairly easy. That yeah, yeah. I, yeah I, my, it, it doesn't take much to empty my mind. Uh, did I get to everything you yeah, wanted to talk about, I, Ellen? Can I tell you that our Instagram? Yes. Um, our our handle is the underscore goodfly on Instagram, and it's good.fly.casting on Facebook. But you can also look us up as just goodfly on Facebook. Ca- I did Facebook. that actually. I just I just put uh, in I just typed in goodfly on Facebook. It came right yeah. out. So you they have the page there. Come there, follow us. Yeah. Love so so you can that. you can keep up with with what's going on, what what the next opportunities are. I'm sure right for folks within this community. Absolutely. Um, and I would suggest people listening know others in other communities as well going hey guess what i just heard and maybe what you could do yeah if you've got an organization that could use this um contact us we're yeah. always looking for uh groups to yes to work with absolutely and then we're also looking for venues so we would love to have a place that is a little bit of inside space for a classroom, mm-hmm. a little bit of outside space on the lawn for casting, mm-hmm. and then near the water with willing fish. There, there are uh, any number of owners of tanks, yes. you know, small lakes, ponds that have that are filled with bass and brim all over this area. Yeah. So if folks and, want to offer that up, uh, it's um, not like you're having a group of people come in that. It's going to be trashing your place for the day. They're just casting flies into your water. Yeah. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate the time. Uh, really appreciate it. There, there's. I just can't think of a better uh, activity going anywhere to 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 be able to just throw everything that you've been thinking about away for for a little while. Agreed. And once you, uh, he, he, let me say this as well. Once you get here, and those of you who like it, um, you're you're going to be hooked. No pun intended. It's like you're you're going to be wanting to say, "Okay, I, I caught a bass in this pond. Now, can I go catch a redfish down at the coast, or can I go catch a trout uh, on the Guadalupe River?" Uh, uh, or can I go to New Mexico or Colorado and the to me, the the best thing about fly fishing is is your office. Right. That there's there uh, it's incomparable, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. When you head out west, I'm actually going up to uh, Michigan for the first time. I've never fished the Midwest or any of that fly fly fishing. So we've been talking about going up to the Driftless region. Um, I, I have not. No, uh, I've always fished the West, right? Wyoming, Colorado, New Mexico. But uh, I'm I'm going up next not next month actually wow. yeah I uh, just talked to the guy so he wanted to fish at night and go mousing for huge brown yes. trout mm-hmm. right <laughs> and, and and I I have used I have done that before um, but not at night and not with those size fish. Right. But uh, it, it scares me a little bit. I got to tell you. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> the. Uh, the only observation we like to make in our workshops is those destination trips are fantastic, 
Texas has some great There's no doubt about that. Actually, the Hill Country Rivers, the, the hill country rivers are just outstanding for fly fishing. I mean, uh, in fact, there is a book out called Fly Fishing Central Texas, mm -hmm. right? And I've had the author on it, and he just he gives everything you want to know and to go for to places for absolutely free. And have that kind of experience yeah. within an hour and a half's drive of where, easy, easy day where we're talking right now, right? I mean, yeah, they're, they're Brushy Creek and Brushy Round Creek, Rock, and I, I mean, it's everywhere. Land passes, yeah. Lano, uh, Guadalupe bass available. You know, it, it's 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 very doable. Devil's River is a fly fishing. Well, river. that's that's on my uh, that's on my list. You did? Yeah, two years Steven ago. I went down there. Smallmouth. Smallmouth, Small um, Rio Grande, Perch. Okay. Yep. It was good. It's gin clear. Oh, yeah, I know. 25,000 gallons a minute pumped into looks that like thing. The, the looks hot like hot the Caribbean. The water yeah, is just I, I know. I, but I've never been on it. I've just. Chip, I got one more. Yes, sir. Of you. Yep. We know you interview a lot of very important and influential Well, I wouldn't people. say that, but. <laughs> and, um, and, and what we're looking for is like a, a, a celebrity spokesperson. So like if then you, I'll, I'll try to find you one. So so we have Chuck Norris. Okay. Around here, who, that's awesome. Who I think would be awesome. Okay. Have you ever interviewed um, Steve Martin? Steve Martin. <laughs> I have never interviewed Steve Martin. He would be an excellent guest. He and would. An excellent spokesperson. <laughs> <laughs> we really appreciate the opportunity, Chuck. Oh yeah, thank you guys so much. Thanks for what you're doing. It's a uh, it's a fantastic organization. Goodfly.org. All right, for all the information. Gentlemen, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate the time. Uh, Rusty Dunn uh, is with us, Alan King and Stephen Weaver. Uh, thanks, guys. Um, Brian Marine, 1008 William Joel Brian Parkway will get you on the water with a boat. Uh, Steve and his staff have done this for over 50 years, whether it's a shallow water skiff, a center console, a, a bass boat, uh, uh, fish and ski boat, a pontoon boat for the family, whatever it is, they can help you out. Now, there are supply chain issues, so I'm thinking if you are looking for something this summer, you better go quickly and talk to the folks over at Brian Marine, not only for sales, but for service. And their reputation has been just outstanding, and not only in this part of the area, but people bypass big cities to come to them because of what they do every single day. Brian Marine, 1008, William Joel Bryan Parkway, just west of downtown Bryan. My thanks to the guys with uh, Good Fly here in the Brazos Valley. Um, want to mention again the Aquatic Vegetation Management Workshop coming up. From AgriLife Extension, that is at the Cowboy Church of Leon County in Centerville on May the 12th. Okay? Need to be registered by May 11th. That is coming up soon. You can go to leon.agrilife.org. That's leon.agrilife.org. And Wildlife Conservation Camp for the Utes, high school students, uh, introducing them to the ins and outs of wildlife management, conservation, July 9th through the 13th, the application deadline is May the 1st, all right, May the 1st. Uh, go to wildlifecamptx.org, wildlifecamptx.org. Um, 
A task force has been formed to develop metrics that would define success of closure. Uh, we're still talking about oysters and Mesquite Bay. The support to permanently close Mesquite Bay complex to oyster harvesting overwhelming 79% of public comments. Uh, 16 non-governmental organizations submitted letters backing the justification for the proposal, offering suggestions on how to proceed to move forward. Uh, the commission, however, did not make a decision. Uh, Mesquite Bay Oyster Harvest Area closed December 21st last year, will be closed through this year's season on April the 30th. Um, there, you know, Oyster beds have been damaged, not only with weather, but with over-harvesting as well. And they are critical uh, to the saltwater environment. There is avian flu detected in pheasants in Texas. That is not a good deal. An increase in bird death. Samples been tested by the A&M Vet Medical Diag Diagnostic Lab confirmed avian flu, uh, working closely with federal animal health officials on a joint response. According to the U.S. Centers for Disease Control, detections do not present a public health concern. No human cases of the virus have been detected in the United States. As a reminder, proper handling and cooking of all poultry and eggs to an internal temperature of 165 is recommended. Um, let's see what else I have. Ah, crazy ants. The crazy ants are taking over as if we needed something else to worry about. Westlaco, Rio Grande Valley, the ants are taking over. Um, crazy ants expanding their territory. Texas Parks and Wildlife contacting ant ecologists at the University of Texas. The team published a paper on the species, found a fungal pathogen that seemed like it might be the ant's kryptonite. It appeared that the microsporidian pathogen could... Hey, that sounded like a bio, bio, biology teacher there. I can't say biology, but I can say microsporidian pathogen. Could wipe out the entire ant cells and replicate within a couple of years. So they are working on that. These natives of South America first made their appearance 20 years ago, Right? And a chemical plant in Pearland. Pearland. Yeah, of course. Can Never mind. I won't say that. Um, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll look at some animals attacking after Passport to Texas brought to you by VetCore. Wow, that was quick. That just kind of ran out, didn't it? That was a quick one. I was just getting into that. That was Ruby Tuesday. The tale of the wild fox that bit a congressman. Ooh, we may be on to something here. A reporter and at least seven other people in Washington. So that is nine people that was bitten by this rabid fox. 
came to an end after city officials put it down, confirming that it had been infected by rabies. Health officials in Washington, D.C., said the fox that was captured Tuesday after reports of aggressive encounters around Capitol Hill was an adult female. They captured its babies earlier in the day and were still figuring out what to do with them. Fox News Digital reported the fox responsible for nine confirmed bites on Capitol Hill was captured and humanely euthanized so that rabies testing may be done. The results, unfortunately, were positive, meaning all these people have to go through those terrible rabies shots. Stick them in your stomach. Um, not pleasant. Representative Ami Berra of California learned Monday evening while walking the Capitol for votes. Now he's undergoing a series of four rabies shots. Barris said he felt something lunge at him from behind, turned and used his umbrella to fend off what he thought was a small dog, and then he realized it was a fox. He said the encounter lasted about 15 seconds. A bystander alerted others, and the fox ran. A medical doctor looked at the puncture wounds, consulted a physician, said he went to Walter Reed to get the first of the series of four shots. I would say it was the, my most unusual day in 10 years on the Hill, said Barra. Uh, House Sergeant at Arms was serious when he told lawmakers and their staffs that there had been multiple encounters and that the animals should not be approached. So, it did have a happy ending after the nine bites because they killed it. Um, a teenager said he felt like he was on top of the world after he came across a great white shark off the coast of Florida. As luck would have it, it would be the first of two such encounters in two days. I don't know if you call that lucky or not. Video captured Jupiter, Florida resident Nick Bailey's reaction after seeing a great white for the first time. Bro, great white, that's the sickest thing ever, he said. <laughs> I hope I did justice to, to him. The next day, the teen experienced another wild encounter, this time closer to home. I thought I saw a bull shark, but I quickly realized it was not a bull shark. Bailey flipped on his camera for what he described as one of the best and most disappointing experiences of his life. After I looked at the video, I realized I was like, man, I was so close to it. Like, I really wish this could happen again. Like, I could touch it. Like, that would have been so cool, he said. This guy must be a surfer. When I realized what it was, the very next day I said, wow, this is happening. <laughs> we looked over and he was like cruising on the bottom. Nick went down. I followed him, said fellow diver Justin Shaw. I was just super surprised. I've never seen one before. And we see like hundreds of sharks every day. Other cell phone footage shows the divers poking away an aggressive hammerhead who wanted their fish. 24 hours later, Bailey said he did something he admits wasn't smart. 
he reached out and grabbed the great white by the tail. I touched a great white, he said on the video. I know sharks can change their behavior in a matter of seconds, but that thing, he was cool. I knew what he wanted, and he wanted nothing to do with me. Dude! Two great whites in two days! That's insane, said Bailey. <laughs> Experts warned those encounters, you need to avoid touching them. Okay, so this, we try to have a lesson every Thursday, and this is our lesson today, kids. Don't touch a great white shark. I wouldn't want to get within touching distance of a great white shark. Our friend Andy Casagrande, the great shark photographer for Shark Week, has been taping seven Shark Week episodes over the last few months. I follow him on the social media. And that's what he specializes in. An open hunt intended to eradicate Alberta, Canada's wild boar population may make the feral swine more elusive to bounty hunters. The province has placed a price on the head of the wild pigs, reestablishing a bounty program designed to root out stubborn populations. The hunt must be carefully managed, says Ryan Brook, an associate professor of agriculture at the University of Saskatchewan. Sporadic hunting will make the animals harder to track, he said. Wild boar quickly learn to disperse and invade threats. They will pass these tricks on to their young. Wild pigs are incredibly smart, incredibly elusive. The more pressure you put on them from chasing them or shooting at them, any kind of thing that puts pressure on them makes them nervous. I know I get nervous when I get shot at. They will become more and more nocturnal to the point where they may only be active during total darkness. The province announced this week that hunters, landowners, and government-approved trappers would be rewarded for killing boars, $75 for each set of ears, with the expectation that they have killed an entire sounder. Hunters and landowners will get $75 per set. The Hunting Bounty is a pilot program that began April 1st, will run through next year. The Wild Boar Program includes expanded surveillance and new compensation for farmers. So these pigs, which started in South Texas, are now in Canada and all over the United States. Uh, by now you've heard about production delays a thousand times due to supply chain issues. Imagine you're waiting on a Mercedes-Benz to arrive and you receive a notice your car has been delayed due to a leopard interruption. That's an email you should save forever. In Shikan, India, in the district, a young leopard walked into a Mercedes-Benz factory and scared the employees half to death, shutting down production for several hours. This area of the globe has a higher density of leopards than anywhere else in the world, but it's a rare occurrence that these things get that close to humans. An animal rescue organization, Wildlife SOS, has three, 12 locations in India, said the three-year-old male wandered into the plant and sent the employees into a panic. The staff alerted the State Forest Department. 
And then they reached out to Wildlife SOS for help, and that team operating rushed to assist from about 43 miles away with two, four staffers and two vets. That sounds like overkill to me. Securing the area and evalu- evacuating the employees, the team tracked the animal and tranquilized it. The young leopard was carried out of the factory, assessed for any injuries, which there were none, and released back into the wild. A similar incident had taken place in New Delhi, nearly 800 miles away, when a leopard spent a day and a half hiding from authorities and shut down India's largest car factory. A release said due to rapid habitat loss, leopards are being forced to venture into human-dominated areas. Our team is trained to ensure such situations are handled with the utmost caution, keeping in mind the safety of the leopard as well as humans. Notice what comes first, by the way. The safety of the leopard and then the humans. So what's more important? Apparently, the safety of the leopards is more important than the safety of the humans. I saw this very interesting story. By the way, this story I'm about to read reminds me that the great Linda Moulton Howe will be joining us in a couple of weeks. I'll let you know exactly when. A man stumbled upon what he called an alien creature's corpse during a walk on the beach in Queensland, Australia last week, sparking hundreds of Internet theories about the strange-looking creature with, quote, human-like hands and a long lizard tail. Alex Tan, a pastor, told CBS News last Friday he wasn't scared when he caught a glimpse of the animal. He first believed he saw a three-meter flatty, which is another name for a flathead fish. Then I got closer and I realized, what the heck is this? Said the animal is about three feet long. He recorded clips of the encounter, which happened on March 21st, 60 miles from Brisbane. He told people that the animal had, quote, human-like hands, a long lizard tail, nose like a possum, and patches of black fur. Tan went to upload his video on Instagram, showed the creature laying on the beach. I stumbled across something weird. This is one of those things you see when people say they found aliens. It's a chupacabra, Cade. It's what it is. Looks like a deerhead possum but different from anything I've ever seen. The, listen, from mini chupacabra to extinct marsupial, hundreds of Instagram users were guessing what it could be. The Courier Mail, a professor at University of Queensland, told the Courier Mail that the animal was likely, quote, a swollen, waterlogged, brush-tailed possum that had lost its fur. The skull and hind limb give clues, he said. The animal was probably washed down into the ocean during the floods. Tan agreed with Johnson's hypothesis, says he's willing to make a friendly bet of, quote, chicken parmy. Well, I like chicken parmy. That the animal is indeed a possum, but like everyone else, he wants to know. I think this is something everyone's so invested in. We just want answers. He told CBS News that people want answers. I'm just telling you right now, 
If it is a chupacabra, it will be the first chupacabra sighting in Australia. We may, we, I may need to ask Linda Moulton Howe about this in a couple of weeks. I bet she has the answer. And listen to this. A freak bee attack in the Ukraine killed three Russian soldiers and left 25 more hospitalized. This is good news. According to Ukrainian news site Kyrson, black and yellow mini-bees have joined the fight defending the country from the evil invaders. The small but mighty bee battalion left their hive near the village of Chilberta and darted into a camp of Russian soldiers who they reportedly turned on due to a lack of food. Bees striking is the second time nature has gotten Russian soldiers way in Ukraine as a pair of wild geese were previously blamed for sending an army plane crashing from the sky. There's no information on what species of bee launched the attack, but the world's most dangerous bees are typically not found in Europe. The so-called killer bees, Africanized honeybees, will swarm a target in their thousands and inject them with doses of venom. This deadly insect has a track record for attacking the most gruesome of ways, going for eyes, filling the victim's mouth, nose, and ears. To have any chance of escaping the onslaught, a human would have to run several hundred yards to safety. But three Russian soldiers died and 25 were hospitalized. I'm thinking the Ukrainians may take some bees along with them into the battlefield, right? Unleash them. Or booby trap some of those buildings they're going building to building with. That'll teach them. That'll slow them down. Normally, I'd say get them before they get you. But in this case, I'm saying good for the bees. The bees have won at least a small battle in the Ukraine. And we could be happy about that. Tomorrow on the show, Kurt Bowles will join me. We'll hear from Jimbo on the eve of the maroon-white game. We will have post-game react from tonight's Aggie-Kentucky baseball game, which we will carry right here on The Zone beginning at 745 this evening. So keep that in mind. I want to tell you about my friend Bubba Dixon, who is at Tegler Chevrolet in Belleville. Um, Tegler Chevrolet. Did I say Belleville? No, it's past Belleville. It's in Sealy. The Tegler family has owned this dealership for over 39 years. You know Bubba from Tom Light. He worked there for 30 years. Well, now he is at another family-owned Dealership, Tegler Chevrolet. You can call him at 987-7900, 979-987-7900, or go online at TeglerChevrolet.com, T-E-G-E-L-E-R. 
They're open Monday through Friday from 8 to 6, Saturdays from 8 to 3, and you know from your experience that Bubba is going to do everything he can to put you in a car or truck at the best price possible. And then, once he does, he is going to take care of it for you. Give Bubba Dixon a call at 987-7900 or online at teglerchevrolet.com. My thanks to the people at Good Fly for being with us this hour. Uh, we will be back tomorrow to close out the week. Kirk Bowles will join us. We'll hear from Jimbo. Aggie baseball at 745 this evening here on The Zone. Sports Radio 1150 AM 93.7 FM. KZ&E College Station, Bryan, Texas. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.